Is your wallet a little lighter than usual after the holiday season? Consider it money well spent because you deserve to live your best life and the Chime checking account wants to help you live yours to the fullest. A little extra money goes a long way, which is why the Chime checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and access to over 60,000 easy-to-find and fee-free ATMs. You even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go, including sending and receiving money fee-free with friends that aren't even on Chime. Sign up for Chime today for you and your wallet. Get started at Chime.com slash Goals24. That's Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, today on CarCast, we're going to talk about uh, upcoming Jeep Wagoneer, uh, Wrangler 4XE plug-in prototype, uh, Porsche Panamera, some updates on Porsche Panamera, all kinds of fun stuff, and some tires. We're going to get into tires, drag radial versus street radial, all kinds of uh, wacky stuff that you would expect over here. But before we get started, a uh, word from our friends at Oracle. America's ready to go back to work, but to win in the new economy, you need every advantage to succeed. Smart companies run on NetSuite by Oracle. It's the world's number one cloud business system. With NetSuite, you'll have visibility control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. It's all in one place. It's very easy to do. Whether you're uh, you're doing hundreds of millions in sales or just a couple of a couple of pennies, either way, it doesn't make a difference. Give your uh, give your company the agility to compete with anyone and work from anywhere, even on your phone. You can join the twenty thousand plus companies who trust NetSuite every day. NetSuite surveyed hundreds of business leaders and assembled a playbook of top strategies they're using as America reopens for business. Receive your free guide. It's called Seven Actions Businesses Need to Take Now. And you can schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash carcast. So you get your free guide and schedule a free product tour right now, netsuite.com slash carcast. That's netsuite.com slash carcast. The Carcast. I'm Matt, the Motorator DeAndre here with Bill Goldberg. Uh, what's up, Goldberg? Well, you know, um, I, I'm 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 waiting for a phone call. I think I'm finally going to get some good news on the garage, dude. Oh I, yeah, the garage. I'm a little giddy now, so I think we're maybe. I don't know. I don't want to jinx it, but permits. We might even get permits today. So, uh, how's uh, how, how's ranch life treating you? Oh God, you kidding me? Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm running on fumes, man. I can't. I'm I'm losing the battle with armadillos. <laughs> Going after uh, armadillos. I tell you what, man. You know, I used to be a spokesperson for the Humane Society of the United States, and now if they could just see me at two o'clock in the morning with a headlamp on and a twenty-two in my hand trying to shoot a, an armadillo that's been destroying our yard, but it, it's you know, it's a never. It's so ridiculous how much money I put towards this how much sleep I've lost over it and how angry I've gotten at a, 
at a thing that's like an oyster on a half, you know, he's a (laughs) a possum on a half shell. Yeah. (laughs) And man, it's just. So you haven't, you haven't been able to find the one, the The one, one. the one that's wreaking havoc. What do you mean one? I've taken out like six of his relatives. I mean, how what do they continue to multiply? I don't know. I don't, under, I don't understand I, it. I don't, if anybody I, out there knows how to rectify, you know, this kind of situation where you go armadillos night after night, not one night have they taken off. Not one night. The reason why I wear sunglasses is because I don't I can't even see out of these eyes. I get no sleep. Four o'clock in the morning the other night, you saw on Instagram. Uh, I had to take care of a porcupine that that you know nailed two of our dogs. So it's just, yeah, you're hey, it's a it's a wonderful thing. If all I have to deal with as a negative by moving out here to Texas is you know these uh, armadillos, uh, then you know I, it is what it is. Yeah, my well, therapy is doing the yard, you know. And uh, every morning I wake up and I drink my coffee and like to look <laughs> over the yard and see how beautiful it is, and it's. It looks like somebody aerates it every single day. With, yeah. I don't know. It's miserable. People have real problems. Let's move on. <laughs> Please. Oh, no, look, I'm just, uh, I saw the posts of your poor dogs. Uh, they got porcupined. They got all the little things in their nose. And, uh, and the photo was kind of funny because you just sit him and you just see he's kind of sad face with the little thing sticking out of his nose. And we're like, well. You see and, the drool? Yeah. It's just. Hey, That's because he had one in his tongue and he couldn't swallow. Uh, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it was, yeah. Because I imagine it's, the dog's trying to, like, lick his nose or trying to do, but it hurts or, I don't know, it just frustrates. I'm sure the dog's like, what the hell? Where did you bring me? Why are we here? It's <laughs> hot as hell. On, I'm getting attacked. <laughs> just the look on his face. I mean, you saw it. Yeah. <laughs> it was it's like help or i don't what what was that i don't know know. well if anybody knows anything about armadillos hit up goldberg on social media (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) get some armadillo training it's going on all right before we uh before we get started a word from our friends at dodge it's time for dodge power dollars that means for each horsepower you get ten dollars off your purchase of a dodge charger challenger and durango so come in for dodge power dollars today for a pretty sweet deal uh all right, so we are um, digging into some car news today, and of course, uh, the the timing doesn't always work out as far as when we're able to record these shows. So we're in the studio today, and I think tomorrow is going to be some of the the Jeep announcements. So look for that on Jeep's social media. Grand Wagoneer, we teased this last week. The Grand Wagoneer is going to be their large uh, luxury. Uh, SUV, and it'll compete with Cadillac Escalade, Jeep, Na- or uh, uh, Lincoln Navigator, and it's uh, it's going to be nice. You know, it hasn't been around for a while. The Wagoneer name is still good. Um, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see that. They've only teased a little bit, but from what I understand, it's meant to be, you know, competitive with those American luxury vehicles, you know, uh, I don't know how much what, are they paying homage to the old version. You know, I think they are uh, a little bit. Of course, with the name, I think you're going to see something with the grill. I don't know what the styling is going to look like. The only teasers they've shown was just like, like I don't know, like a piece of the interior. Uh, you know, you know, like an AC duct or something. And yeah, then you can't really, can't really, discern you can't really do that. And then. Uh, 
And just a big panoramic glass roof they're going to have on the top. There's just sort of a you know full length glass roof option. I, I'm sure they're going it's to the, have. It's the less is more advertisement that gets people wondering, you know, and is well, it enough to get people excited about it? I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I I definitely love to see what it is. Like over here, um, we've been doing uh, quite a few road ship uh, road ships road trips. Uh, you know, Monterey the racetrack and stuff, and we've been saying for a while now, hey. You know, grabbing the big SUV is the great road trip vehicle, right? Because you could, if you get the three row, we went up in Adam's Infinity, his QX80, which is a big three row SUV. We did the Lincoln Navigator for a couple years in a row. Uh, <clears throat> you did the Rolls. Yeah, we did the, the big Rolls Royce Ghost and the Cullinan. And, you know, the thing about the big three row is, uh, you know, you load up, uh, you know, your coolers, you know, either Chris comes with us or Sonny comes with us or both. You fold down the third row seat, you load up all your gear, you hit the road, then you get to your hotel or your Airbnb like we're, we do. We unload all the gear and then we flip up the third row seats. And when we go to the track, our guys that towed the race car up there and stuff, mm-hmm. instead of driving the dually around the whole time, you know, if you Pop want to go to back. dinner, you're like, hey, just crawl into the back and then everybody goes. Yeah. So I'm very curious in a Wagoneer, you know, for, for that reason. Like I get the, I understand the appeal of, of the big three row SUV. It definitely works, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not every day in LA, maybe it's a little big for an everyday vehicle, but. Uh, I definitely understand, you know, I get the function of it. I get the point of it. And we do like them for that reason. And now they're so good. Like they're all, they, they just cruise good. The, uh, you know, they're the super comfortable. The amenities are yeah. there. You can get heated in, in cooled seats, massaging seats, great sound systems, especially the Lincoln, fantastic sound system, speakers mm-hmm. in the ceiling, uh, just everywhere up in the headliner. Uh, so the Wagoneer, the Wagoneer sort of being new and coming into this game uh, a little bit late uh, as far as modern day cars, uh, they have some catching up to do, but they have the advantage of knowing what's out there and what people are liking. So so it should be. So imme- immediately, who do you think their biggest competition is? Lincoln and, and Escalade, hands down. I, I don't think they're going to compete as much with, you know, Infinity or, or BMW or uh, Mercedes well, the price point's going to tell us all that. Yeah, you know? I, I think it's. I, I think they're just going head on after the two other American brands, and and that's the other thing is 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 you know as everybody seems to have some brand loyalty, but there's that other level of hey, I want you know I I like maybe Ford or Dodge or whatever or or Lincoln or Jeep or you know, but also people go, but I do. But I do want American, so I may jump brands, but some people just may just want American made, right? So that's another level of brand loyalty, right? There's, there's, there's country, <laughs> you know, and then there's brand. So um, anyway, so that's going to be coming out, I think, uh, Thursday. And then also Jeep Wrangler XE. Now, Jeep Wrangler we're very familiar with. Uh, but the XE is the plug-in hybrid version of it. So I'll be interested to know... Uh, you know, what does electric motors do as far as torque? Will it have a little bit of a electric only range? Is that range going to be 17 miles or is it going to be 30 miles? You know, I'm just kind of curious on how it's going to work. You know, we, you know, again, hybrid plug-in electric hybrid means, you know, we, we could arguably charge it by just driving it or mm-hmm. you just drive, bring it home, you plug it in 
at night and whatever, you get 30 miles of range or something along the lines of that. Um, but I, the marketing appeal for this is is different than other plug-in hybrids, right? Because you can go into like a quiet mode when you're when you're off-roading or you know or you're leaving a campsite at night and you don't want to disturb other people that are intense and not behind walls right like there's a little bit of a of, of a thing like there's a you know uh, that uh, you know the quiet mode essentially that you have you know who knows we're gonna see what they're gonna do with it but um, I I can we, use it every night driving by, you know, the, the for other armadillo house hunting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Stealth armadillo hunting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all come full circle. <clears throat> oh, so last week you were talking about the uh the TRX, getting the order in for the TRX, and I threw out the idea of compound boost. Yeah, and we have to revisit that. Yeah, because so from, okay, you're first. I was going to say, but we kind of ended the show with you firing out a text. I think maybe to Gearhead, going, "What do you, What do you guys think?" And, and and his response, you want to know? His yeah, response yeah. Was, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> like a, and not not O W. Oh, E-E-W. It's E-E-W. So he knew exactly that it wasn't a positive response. And so at the end of the day, uh, at, at, at current relationship and, and uh, uh, level of involvement, uh-huh. they, he doesn't believe it's a, it's a more efficient way. And he has proven it's not the more efficient way to go about it that's okay that's basically he was yeah there's a lot more to it but um i should have had this conversation with you before and you bring it up on air because we haven't <laughs> revisited it but uh because he had a, a number of questions at the same time so this is a tennis match and the ball back is back over the net to you right now right okay i get it look it's not it's it's not the end all be all greatest solution. It is just another option, and it's, it's just, another option. And, yeah. and this is what you got to do. You kind of work through the pros and cons to see if it would make the most sense. There are some cars and, and trucks, modified and even uh, factory, that use compound boost and very mm-hmm. successfully, and some don't. Uh, we were talking about the SUVs and the, some of the Volvos we've driven. Are twin charged or supercharged and turbocharged? They do that at the OE level quite successfully, right? And then yes, we have seen our friend Gail Banks uh, has been building a high horsepower like racing motor uh, using um, very, very pumped up, for lack of a better term, compound boost scenario on uh, on their motor. But I think he's doing it on a not a diesel engine. I think he's doing turbo and supercharged diesel racing engine. And isn't there someone around you? Does the name Vicious Stang? Yes. Are, are, are they doing that on a Coyote motor? I, I think they are doing compound boost on on that. Um, I've seen the car. Uh, our our good friends at Magnaflow have a lot to do with that car. They did the exhaust on it. It's the crazy, like. Silver, 67. like like a satin silver with with just an red all interior. red interior. 
Uh, I was at an event and the car showed up, and it's it's a it's a beast. It's a beast of a car. Now I don't believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe the current owner of the car is not the one is not the gentleman who commissioned to have the car. I think he purchased it, maybe mm-hmm. tuned and did a little few modifications on his own, but has been enjoying the car. I will tell you that guy takes that car out a lot. I see that car at shows and events and stuff all the time. So somebody's having some fun with it. But you're right. I believe that's a compound uh, boosted car. And you know the guys at Helion yeah, I mean, at a New Mexico are doing compound boost and not. Yeah, like you both. said, it's a it's another option. I mean, you know, Gearhead uh, Mario just said that he you know he he kind of has proved that it's not the most efficient way in what and how he's pumping out horsepower right now. But yeah. that doesn't mean that, you know, next week they don't come up with a system that's more efficient and, you know, is, is you know, a better option. So, yeah, I think I just I had never heard of it before. And I thought it was a, I thought it was really cool. Uh, like, I, I, I well, <laughs> I'm slam on the brakes. I'm with you on it in that it's not done a lot. And it is kind of, a you know, it's. It's appealing to try something new, but you're right. So what's going on is the GearHeads guys are going, yes, we've done it a few times, but they haven't done it 40 times, which means sizing the turbos and getting the tune right and the fuel delivery, that's a lot of trial and error. A lot of work. Right. And the reason why you go to those guys to get your turbo cars done is because they – it seems like every week they're pumping out another turbo car or tuning or doing something. So they've got a lot of hours. I, lately, I feel kind of measly with my little fourteen hundred horsepower, you know, <laughs> charger when they're pumping out two in the last week over fifteen hundred. Yeah, something's something's wrong over there. <laughs> I know, man. I don't know. Um, all right, so uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on on uh, on compound boost and uh, and to see what those guys thought about it. I still it. think it's appealing. It's a cool. I, it's I think a cool it's, idea. It just makes me laugh. It's a it's a giggle, right? So I mean, I'd love to have a car where at the end of the day we were able to find an efficient way to pull it off. Um, I think I just think, I think it'd be outlandish because you, you'll hear those turbos and then you'll hear that supercharger whine and it'll <laughs> exactly. be a little confusing and you're like I hear something. Do I hear? I thought I heard turbo or I thought I heard supercharger. You're like yes, but it's a happy yes. sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought I heard turbo and I thought I heard. Uh, uh, super ch- yes. yes yes you yes. did yeah and hopefully it's an armadillo deterrent the oh. sound um uh guys i want to tell you about this uh this new podcast that our guys our friends are doing doing it's called bring back bronco it's a new podcast that uncovers the rise fall and rebirth of the ford bronco it's bring back bronco it's the untold story it's an eight-part series that dives into bronco's 50-year odyssey from the post-war boom to the oj chase and this year's rebirth of the vehicle Host Sonari Glinton, he gives a uh, he goes on the road and uh, he basically goes on a road trip of a lifetime to find out why Ford killed the Bronco and then how it sort of led to where we are now. I got a sneak peek of it; it's pretty good, actually. If you want a sneak peek of it, well, stay tuned to the end of this episode, and we'll play I don't know, like an extended clip or 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 something for you that uh, that Chris was able to put together for you. Yeah, we guys. got we got a nice trailer, yeah, of the podcast. Okay. 
you guys will want to check that out. And everything that we've seen with the Bronco is is fantastic and all the options and everybody's ordering them. They're selling out. By the way, I think the numbers came in at something like 150,000 pre-orders. Like people at least got on the list. You know, some people will, will get off and some people will get added. But that's a, an outrageous number, right? That's that's oh a God, year. Yeah. That's a, you know, I mean, that's a very successful you know, launch if they, if they fulfill all of those orders and everybody follows through. So search for Bring Back Bronco anywhere you listen to podcasts. We'll include a link in the show notes as well when you go to carcastshow.com. And uh, thanks to Bring Back Bronco for their support. You guys want to check that out. So what's the latest on the release date of that that vehicle? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I'm, I'm getting the, uh, all the launch dates confused with all the vehicles that are coming out. Cause I got, I think we got TRX like October and then I think Bronco uh, beginning of next year. Uh, uh, and then I've just been reading about some other stuff too, that, uh, you know, this is delayed and this is going on and whatever, whatever. So, uh, we'll have to get back on that because I don't have the latest news. Um, uh, but, uh, as we touched on Ford Mach E, where is the bit, the audio? <laughs> yeah, where's the audio clip of uh, on, Chris? Of, of Alistair? <laughs> Chris is not paying attention. He's working on notes for the next show. <laughs> the uh, Mach E. There it is. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, care about the armadillo thing. I that, just want to hear that two or three the, times. I'm good. Yeah, the launch edition. They had a few partners on Crate.com and a few others where you guys can. Uh, uh, order more of the launch edition ones. Um, the other thing I was going to say was, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, news just came in this morning as we're recording this that uh, LA Auto Show is postponed. Uh, I believe it's going to be March of next year. Let me double check. I don't think it's May. I'm pretty sure it's March that they're uh, they're pushing it. So but my question is, does that mean there's going to be two auto shows for May. next year? May? Yeah, it's, it's in May? It's going to be in May. Okay, so does that mean this year's show is in May of next year? And then in November, whatever, six months later, is there another auto show? And then also, why are we still doing auto shows? Because <laughs> every time we come in, we talk about how the auto shows are shrinking a little bit, like, and everybody's launching cars at other events, Goodwood and Monterey and just specialty events. And now in this sort of this pandemic time, everyone's launching stuff virtually. So, I mean, what's going to happen to the auto show? I mean, I, I like going to LA Auto Show and 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 running through there on the press days and seeing sort of everything new all at once. So I I get it, but uh, is it the best way to launch a vehicle? Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but um, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see because LA Auto Show does have their – they have like two or three press – I think three press days, and then they're open to the public for a week. And I guess that's the real advantage is, is to have everybody able – be, uh, everybody out here be able to go over there and just kind of see what's new. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's kind of interesting. Have, so as far as the you public been to any event, local, you've been to any local car shows lately? You know, they're just starting Anything? to pop up, but here in LA, because LA is like the most locked down city on the planet. And, but the uh, surrounding, surrounding. Yeah. County. So I haven't been down to Orange County, but I'm seeing more and more of that happening. And I did hear that somehow the Peterson was going to be, maybe it's this coming weekend, that they're going to have uh, 
uh, a show available on site again, like one of their outdoor parking lot, like meet and greets kind of thing. Uh, now, maybe are those shows cars. well attended? They have been in the past. Um, I will say that uh, the the photos of everything that I'm seeing coming out of like Orange County and even like the Cars and Coffee in Malibu, they're packed. Yeah, see, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So yeah, cars, look, at the other people. End the, look at the other end of the spectrum with the car shows. Yeah. Right? They've been taken away from us for for how long? And once they open up again, you'd think that there's not going to be a rush, a mad rush of people just to, to be able to throw their mask up in the air and <laughs> walk in the door, you know? Yeah, or even with a mask. People just want to go out and do yeah. stuff. People just want to they want to be able to <laughs> yeah. do stuff they haven't been able to do, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, so – I don't know. I'd be down for any of these events. I'd go to uh, LA Auto Show. I, I wear a mask, whatever, whatever the rules are. Yeah. You know, I just go and do it. I want to go see the cars. <laughs> just to be able to go and congregate, you know? Yeah. And I guess they opened up the beaches out here or people don't care if they did or not because the beaches are packed. We had this heat wave <laughs> and it's just, it's just, as far as the eye can see, there's just people everywhere. I mean, you know, it it is what it is. It's whatever is going to happen, it's going to happen. But, um. Anyway, that's not what this show is about. This show is about other shit. <laughs> car, car shit. Well, that's uh, a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, By the way, I got my tires. I got my uh, uh, tires mounted for the charger, and yeah. hopefully, we'll get some uh, sixty foot, hundred foot times here soon, and uh, some video, and hopefully, uh, the next chapter of it will be uh, moving on. Give me your thoughts. I was kicking around this idea for the Lightning. Give me your thoughts on – don't worry about sponsorship or no sponsorship. You've run around on drag radials on some of your cars. What's your thought on drag radials? And there's usually three things that come to mind. Traction, noise, and comfort. Noise has not been an issue, period. Okay. End of story. You can take that one out of it. Uh, comfort – it depends upon the the choice of the tire, and it depends upon the road you're going to be driving on. Um, then you take rain into consideration. Mm-hmm. It's just all of. I mean, you live in California. Hell, it doesn't rain, so you never you never have to take that into consideration. But if you do get, I mean, you were talking about the the challenges tracking, right? Yeah. With the, with the man, there's some super tracking going on. You know, like the old. <laughs> the old eight tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're all over the place, depending upon, you know, the, the, the drag radial you choose. Now, fortunately there's so many different ones out there now. Yeah. You can get an aggressive drag radial and you can get a less aggressive. And you know, the NT five, five, five G two, the Nitto tire is yeah. one of the best all round tires because it's a softer tire. It's not a traditional drag radial, but it's kind of a hybrid. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I throw that on all my cars. Now, if I'm going to go out and if I'm going to do a lot of hard cornering and it's the weather's not going to be an issue and they're going to be great roads, then, man, you know, the NT01s, I'd love those. Uh, the NT05s, it's a compromise. Yeah. So it just completely depends upon what you're going to – what function you're asking your truck to do. And what – it's not a – the only sacrifice – Take rain out. The only sacrifice is tracking because because sound doesn't play into it, and you get you know damn good traction with most of them anyway. 
do you across the board? Do you notice a traction difference between the drag radial and the street, like the triple five no, no G2s question. versus the triple five? Well, there's a but new triple five G2 not, R, but you can't yeah. expect there not to be. Look yeah. at the construction of the tire, right? You know, I mean, they have a lot of of in betweens so mm-hmm. that you get the best of both worlds. That's what I'm appreciative of. But if you're going to go out and track, then yeah, I mean they they've got that too. But and this isn't a Nitto commercial, but you know that's obviously the tire that I ride. But I mean, I've, I've had the the Mickey Thompson ET uh, drags or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. I still run a couple cars on that, and I love those tires. But that's a that's you know a different. They're good all round, but they melt way too quickly. You know, yeah. so it's it's all completely dependent upon what you're asking it to do. You know, I, I was because Nitto has I just, you know, again, I was just on Nitto's site. Reason why is because my lightning, when we took it to SEMA, we had the wheels made and got the stance right. And I ordered up a set of uh, Nitto triple five G twos. It was the new tire. Mm-hmm. I looked at the uh, I think it's the NTO five, uh, whatever mm-hmm. the street tire is. And uh, I went with the, the NTO five uh, is the one that came on that comes on the the, the Hellcats yeah. or the Demons. Okay, so I went with the um, the triple five G twos. Um, couple reasons: one, it seemed like a more comfortable street tire, and we were down to the wire. I needed to order this. The guys at Jags got me a set of tires in the mail quickly, and. Uh, the way I have it set up is I have a 295 45 18 on all four corners. And that's good. It works fine for certainly under the current, you know, stock engine with the with the low boost supercharger and very tired engine. But when we do the engine swap, I was looking at there's a, a new drag radial. They had the triple five uh, R's and now there's a there's a like an R2. There's a triple five R2. And if you have the NTL fives on your car, they make a drag reel that matches the front. Since we have the triple five G2s, right, I can keep the triple five G2s in the front, put Mm -hmm. the triple five R2s in the back. Mm -hmm. It looks basically the same, but it's the drag radial in the back. So uh, as far as my braking performance, I still have a street tire in the front, and most of my Mm -hmm. braking is all in the front, especially in a pickup truck. So I'm just worried about traction in the back. Now, the one thing, there was a little bit of planning ahead is when I had the wheels made, when uh, when Brad at Bond Speed made me the wheels and Mm -hmm. we made them directional and stuff, I did want a little bit of extra lip in the back, so I staggered them nine inch wide in the front, ten inch wide in the back. And there's enough room on that truck without a mini tub that I think I can go because of the ten inch wide. I can go to from the two ninety five forty five to the three oh five forty five. And it's an eighteen, you said? Yeah, it's an eighteen. And and they do have that available. Yeah. So I would be going from the two ninety five to a three oh five and going from the street compound to the R compound. And you know, look the, I think it's a great choice. The the That's horsepower the horsepower levels that we're talking about is gonna blow these tires apart anyway. But, anyway. But it's nice to know like sort of that I don't know, that forty to eighty mile an hour sprint. 
uh, I want to see if these things will will hook up. And you're right. Like, hey, if we're going to go to Willow Springs or something with it or do some autocross, I'm not going to run the drag radials, you know. But I was just kind of thinking in my head, I think I could probably fit the 305 45 uh, uh 18 the 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 new r2s on that's there. a great setup what i usually do is i put those those the the nt 555 g2s in the front of my challengers yeah and i put the nto fives in the back yeah you know yeah. unless it's unless it's raining a lot and then i can net there's no way you're ever going to hook up in that car right and Thanks. and also like you said no matter what the horsepower you know is at a certain range you're going to break the tires loose anyway, um, you know, even if you heat them up. So it's all about a manageable, you know, area that you have fun and you get traction at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that's kind of where uh, I was. I don't know. I was looking into that the other day. I don't know why. I was just uh, it was on my mind. I was thinking about, hey, you know, this thing's going to need a little bit more, uh, a little bit more traction. I was thinking about a way to make that happen. But. There you go. Um, all right, some more car news. But first, uh, uh, our friends at Geico. Right now, Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. And that's 15% on the top of money can, uh, money Geico could already be saving you. So what are you waiting for? You should go in and do this. That's a pretty good deal. And there's uh, never been a better time to switch to Geico. If You'll save an extra 15% if you switch by October 7th. Just go to geico.com to learn more. That's geico.com. Uh, Porsche 928. I, I always liked <laughs> the 928. Not a very it good car. Like an egg. It kind of looked like an egg. But I just kind of like... Hell. I, it was a very expensive car when it came out. I want to say it was probably one of the most expensive, uh, you know, arguably supercars when it came out. Um, you know, and, and it's got an interesting styling to it. And uh, I was always more of a sucker for the long nose GT style cars. I like a front engine, front mid, Aston Martin. I like the front engine Ferraris and the 928. And then when the Panamera came out, uh, I, like a lot of people, thought, all right, well, we've got a cool-looking kind of front-engine, uh, oddly-shaped, stretched four-door. Uh, why wouldn't we make this into a two-door and make it like a 928 comeback? And and here we are years and years later. It's never really happened uh, with with Porsche. And I think it's because they obviously have their two-door sports cars. They have the 911 and uh, and now the you know Caymans and Boxsters and you know convertibles and little coupes and and all that stuff. So do they need another coupe? I don't know. And the Panamera as a four door has sold extremely well for them. Uh, and the new Panamera, the current Panamera, got a little bit of a facelift. It's got a little bit of engine option swaps um, that's going on with it now. Uh, uh, I think there's a four S hybrid uh, available. So just a little. Uh, updates on the Panamera, but in an interview recently, um, someone was talking to the guys at Porsche, and they said, hey, we haven't really ruled out the idea of a two-door Panamera. Uh, I don't know if they would call it a 928. That's certainly what everybody would hope. Uh, I don't think, when was the last 928? 1995? I th- so it, it's been a minute since... Uh, you know, since we've had a 928. And I think a Panamera, look, if you did a Panamera two-door, right, it would have to be like a proper two plus two. I mean, having two seats in it wouldn't make sense. You need no. the back seat and you need like a reasonable back seat, something more useful than a 911 back seat, right? But I would hope so. 
this sort of brings into question like Mercedes S class coupe, gorgeous car, big. I like a big two door. Uh, I like the eight series. I like the S series. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Mercedes CLs, the old CLs. Those were badass. Oh, yeah. The S-Class Coupe, Mercedes still makes it, not a big seller for them. BMW came out with their new 8 Series, and it's kind of cool looking, and they have an M8, but they did the 8 Series Grand Coupe, which is the four-door version, but you still sit low. It's got a coupe profile. Again, we've argued over, should it be a coupe or a sedan, and blah, blah, blah. Why not call it the you know something else? Why, why coupe? You know, uh, and... The 8 Series uh, 4-door outsells the 2-door by a wild margin. It's not 2 to 1. I don't know. It's 3 or 4 to 1. Everyone's buying the 4-door. They want kind of the coupe styling with it. Um, So, you know, as a matter of fact, the 4-door outsells the 2-door 8 Series so much that BMW is skipping the 2021 model year for the 8 Series Coupe. They're just going to sell whatever's on the lots as a 20, <laughs> and then they'll do another uh, – then they'll do a 22. But they're just basically to sell off any inventory that they have. They're not even going to have an official 21 model year for it. They're not ending the car. They're just moving inventory. Uh, so does it make sense for Porsche to do a, a – a Panamera reemergence of the ugly duckling. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's going to not look like a 928. If you like the Panamera, it's going to be a two door version oh. of the Panamera. If you don't like the Panamera, then let's move on to the next story. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm real curious to see the artist's rendering of this vehicle. I, I'm sure there's renderings. Look, when Panamera first came yeah. out, there was renderings of a two door, and it looked kind of good because yeah. now you got sort of a shooting brake, kind of hatchbacky thing going on. Mm-hmm. The first Panamera had that real kind of bubble butt thing going on, and now it's toned down a little bit. But then they yeah. did the the sport version, which is the actual hatchback, which is so now they made they made the Panamera sedan have more of a <laughs> a sedan profile. But then they said, but that just makes it available that we can do the the hatchbacky version of it, uh, which I first saw in Monterey, and I was like, "Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Looks, you know, it's it's kind of a wagon, but I get it. It's a, it's a badass. Yes. It's a badass wagon." Um. Anyway, uh. All right. So speaking of coupes and two door shooting brake hatchbacks, whatever you want to call them, uh, Ferrari is ending the GT the GTC for Luso. So they started this. With the FF, they said, "Hey, we like our two plus two cars, right? Four, five, six, six, twelve, Scaglietti. They like the two plus two cars. Not big sellers for them, but there was a little bit of a, a niche market for it. And they said, how do we sort of freshen it up and make it different? So the FF came out with front engine V twelve all wheel drive, and." I drove one and it was fantastic. And you really start to f- get the appeal of it. And I was in one that had the full glass roof, like panoramic panoramic roof. I, I don't know if it opened or not, but it really just sort of brightened up the whole interior with their diamond stitch. You know, it was black with the like contrast stitching and white. It was fantastic. And uh, I got in and I was like, wow, this is nice. I can see why people kind of kind of like this there's always the thing where people go this is the driver's ferrari which is sort of code for the one that doesn't sell well (laughs) (laughs) you know or or perform well yeah right and uh and it was good so that the ff 
got replaced by a GTC for Luso. The Luso name is way better than the FF name. I don't need all this other shit in front of it, the GTC yeah. 4 part of it, but like yeah. we could just call it a Luso. Like I get it's a 4. It's all-wheel drive. It's I I think all-wheel steering. I don't know. It's got all kinds of stuff. And but now there's the Roma, which is the cool-looking uh front-engine sort of entry-level Ferrari uh that uh is a 2 plus 2 car. And I haven't seen it yet in person, but I did get a message from our buddy Ken Lingenfelter. He was invited to his local Ferrari dealer, like your brother as he's on the list. And uh, he fell in love with it and walked out with an order. So, uh, oh, God. Uh, and, and I, I don't know if your brother is getting one as well, but he's not. No, he's not a fan of that one. Um, no, I mean... He just had another kid, man. His his. Uh, <laughs> well, this his is a two plus two. Is, uh, yeah, <laughs> you got a little back seat. <laughs> it's not why he buys those cars, but he could segue. Yeah, yeah, maybe he's going to get uh, swayed into it. So if if the Roma is going to be sort of the the sportier version of the two plus two. Do we need the Luso? And the answer is no. But also this makes way for the upcoming Ferrari SUV, which the spy photos kind of just look like a Luso with a lift kit anyway. So, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I and I wonder how much crossover, probably the all-wheel drive system and the V12 and the – I think there's a Luso T, which is a Turbo 8 instead of a 12. So you can get a Luso with the 12 naturally aspirated or the Turbo 8. A little like what they were doing on the California, but yeah, uh, but but not the twelve, right? So when they did the uh, the T on the uh, on the California, I'm excited what, to now, see Portofino? their. I'm really excited to see it. Yeah, I'm curious to to see what um, uh, you know. A, a few years ago, I would have agreed with people and said, I don't know that we need a Ferrari SUV. Nobody really needs a Ferrari SUV. But, Lamborghini screwed that one up. But I tell you, the success these car companies are having with SUVs, uh, Porsche increased their sales dramatically. Uh, you know, Lamborghini is uh, is selling the 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 Urus, and you know, like somebody, I just scrolling through my feed, and someone's like, "There's a Lamborghini SUV. Why the hell do we need this?" And I didn't. I don't reply, but my reply would have been, "You should drive it because it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It's a fantastic SUV. It is so much fun to drive." Uh, Aston Martin's got their uh, DBX that's coming out, and so far the reviews and stuff on it are, are fantastic. You know, so you know, did we need an Aston Martin SUV? No. Did Aston Martin need an SUV? Probably. As far as sales are going to be concerned, if they can really increase their sales, if they can move a few thousand units, maybe even double, you know, their, their entire sales with an SUV, then yes, they absolutely. Yeah. And look, Ferrari's a public company now. Uh, Sales are down a little bit. Pandemic's taking their toll on, on every car company uh, Mm -hmm. for the most part. Can they bounce back with an SUV? Yes. And I think them waiting long enough for everybody else to get into that market answers the question of will it hurt the value of their sports cars? No, it's not going to hurt the value of the sports cars. You want a 488, get a 488. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Exactly. Right? There's such a demand for those cars. There's such a collectability. There's such a certain audience for it 
that uh, it's you're going to be fine. You want a Ferrari SUV? Go get one. I can't wait to drive one. If they'll send me one, I would drive one because I expect good things for it. And now, again, like we were talking with the Wagoneer, the Wagoneer coming in late to the game, they know who their competition is. With Ferrari coming late to the game, they know what Lamborghini is doing. They know what Maserati Trofeo is doing because they helped build that goddamn thing, right? So they know what all the super SUVs are doing. And arguably, they know what a Trackhawk is doing. I don't think it's the same audience, but uh, but there sure. is a performance benchmark to be made yep. there. Um, so anyway, we'll we'll see uh, how that goes. Um, the question is not why, or uh, the question is why not. Why not? Like I, I don't know. Like the GT4, uh, the the GTC4 Luso. I don't know. There, I I think Ken Lingenfelder has an FF, and he often speaks about that's his winter car because it's all wheel drive and it's fast as hell, makes all the right sounds. If you went to him and said, "I can get you that car, but just a little bit more ground clearance." Yeah, he's gonna be like, sure, I'll, I'll take yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I think gonna, they keep selling vehicles to him. Poor Ken. Good thing he's rich. <laughs> Poor Ken. <laughs> Poor yeah. Ken. Poor oh, Ken. my heart that, cries. That, for that, Ken. that that sentence has never been uttered. <laughs> oh, he's the nicest guy ever. He's so good. Absolutely. Uh, we got to get him back in here. I love that guy. Um, all right. So another word from our friends at Dodge. Summertime is the best time to join the Brotherhood of Muscle. Because Dodge Power Dollars means you get a guaranteed discount. And the math is simple. You get $10 off based on the total horsepower of your new Dodge vehicle. And that applies to every Challenger, Durango, Charger, every 2020 model that's out there. So you get the most out of your horsepower this summer. The way it works, as we said, is $10 off for each horsepower. So you can go to the dealer. You can uh, jump in a Dodge Charger SRT Scat Pack with 485 horsepower. You'll get 4850 bucks off. And uh, this summer, Dodge Power Dollars is back on the Dodge Durango as well. So no matter where the summer takes you, the Dodge Durango is here to make every trip this season a breeze. So you get more power. You get more off. It's that simple. Hurry into your local Dodge dealer now to take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars. And that's seven thousand two hundred dollars off your new twenty. Oh no, it's not. TRX. <laughs> TRX. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if it applies to TRX. I didn't see that on my list. Exactly. I didn't see the 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 discount on the new uh, TRX. Yeah, uh, I didn't see. It. We we can make some calls if you want. Tyson and I, neither one of us saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you talked to him. I think he's getting his order in. He's a Wyoming boy now. He's moving to Wyoming. Yes, he's got a. He just bought land. He's building an empire out there. He's working with architects, and he's just buying boots and cowboy hats and just going right all in, all he's in. On <laughs> he's That's such awesome. a good dude. Yeah, That's such awesome. a good dude. Um, all right, we're gonna yeah. wrap things up. Uh, one last thing uh, I'm gonna hit on this uh, on uh, on the news is is this. You guys have seen some teaser videos of uh, Nissan Next, the new lineup of Nissan vehicles over the next few years. And uh, you got a glimpse of a Z car. You sort of saw a silhouette of a new Z car, which we believe is going to be a 400Z and uh, with a 4-liter. Uh, the platform is going to be based off of an existing uh, what's the infinity the uh, you know the 60 or the 50 whatever the, the you know the 400 horsepower all wheel drive kind of sporty version well imagine a a four dropped out after the Q45 
Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, imagine a rear-wheel drive, possibly automatic and manual transmission version of it. Um, anyway, so what's going on is ZCon is their big event. It's like Mustang Week or Monterey Car Week. It's a big uh, uh, Z event. It's happening in Tennessee uh, at and around the uh, the Nissan headquarters. I believe there's going to be limited tours of the Nissan Museum, which I've never been to. Uh, so anyway, that's coming up Tuesday, September 15th. If you guys are going to be at ZCon, Adam and I will be there. It's going to be a quick trip for us, but we're going to go in and uh, probably around 11 or 12, we'll get more details, 11 a.m. or noon, we're going to do CarCast Live from the ZCon event. And then, nice. and then later that night... Uh, I believe both of us or Adam, I don't know. We're going to be there for the unveiling of the new Z car. What's what's going to happen is is there's one concept, one prototype. It's in Japan. It's at the like the where where they were going to do the Olympics. There's like a big, uh, I don't know if it's an amphitheater or something that they built over there that they're clearly not using. Uh, so the guys at Nissan uh, have got it, and they are going to. Um, Unveil the car there and then live stream it here, and it's going to be part of a program. So if you're at uh, ZCon, come out to the event at night as well, and we're basically going to MC this and then throw to the live video and have them unveil the car and do the walk around. We'll be able right. to ask a couple of questions and get the dirt on the new on the new Z car, and then we will come home. If uh, if you can't make it, uh, don't worry because the live stream will be all over the internet. And I believe Chris is coming out there to record CarCast with us. By the way, Chris, we're going to T- we're going to Tennessee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, pack your bag. We're going to go to Tennessee uh, on, on Tuesday, September 15th. Uh, so we'll have a nice CarCast episode uh, from, from Tennessee and a Z car unveiling, and it's going to be fun. We're kind of excited to, to hear about it. I don't know the specs on the car. I don't know when it's coming out. Is it going to be a 22? Is it going to be a 23? Uh, we will find out all of that information. But if you're going to be out there, if you're going to ZCon, Tuesday is the day we will be there for, for both events, CarCast and the Z car unveiling. So anyway, that's check that. out Check out the Alfa Romeo and Ralph Gilles, uh Instagram. You see the little tease on the Maserati? I, I did, yeah. I saw his, and then I saw his his home built uh, Alpha that he's been doing his vintage oh, car, God, and then buddy. I saw the then Speed Core. Oh yeah. my God! Oh, yeah. and I don't know if you know this, but we talked about recently when uh, Adam and I went to Monterey. We teamed up with our friends from Acme, Acme Training Company, and they made mm-hmm. the model, the really nice one eighth scale Porsche nine thirty five nice. uh, Le Mans car. It's like. $5,200. Well, they're doing smaller, um, like 118th scale uh, models for like, I don't know, 150 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever. And they announced a model. It is the Speedcore all wheel drive turbo charger. It, nice. you, you can pre order it now. And I believe it ships uh, next year, like March or February. And what they do is they do the pre-orders. They figure out how many they need to make. They will always cap it at a limit, but they just need to know 
how many they're going to do. And they they announced like uh, I think a handful of Mopars, but uh, they did work it out. The 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 black, the murdered out, basically uh, all wheel drive turbo car that was in the Magnifold booth at, booth at SEMA. They're gonna make the uh, they're gonna make the model of that car. Well, hopefully, after we unveil mine next year, they'll make a model. Of it. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, we'll have to get you one of these as well, so you can look at it and and, uh, and, 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 and admire, it. <laughs> admire it. All right, guys, let's uh, let's wrap it up. And uh, uh, later this week uh, on Carcast with Adam and myself, uh, we will have the the guys from Stratus Auctions in studio, Lance Butler from Stratus Auctions. And I am going to leave here right now. I'm going to go pick up a brand new Celine Mustang Black Series. Uh, and and then next week, Bill, you and I will have Steve Celine here in the studio joining us to nice. talk about uh, what's going on with, with Celine and uh, their new cars and and all that stuff. So uh, awesome! I haven't heard heard much from them lately. So to be cool to uh, get a catch up. Yeah, um, been a friend of the show for years and years, almost ten years. So we're going to catch up with Steve Slane. He's going to be here sitting with us, and I'm, I assume he's coming to get his car back as well. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Thanks a lot. Until next time, <laughs> uh, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. Room, room. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed that show and uh, be sure to tune in later this week as well as we talk to the guys from uh, Stratus Auctions. Um, Right now, Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's 15% on top of the money Geico could already be saving you. So right now, there's never been a better time to switch to Geico. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Just visit geico.com to learn more. Also want to tell you about our uh, uh, our friends at Ford. They have a new podcast. It's an eight-part series that dives into Bronco's 50-year odyssey from the post-war boom to the OJ chase and this year's rebirth. It's called Bring Back Bronco, The Untold Story, hosted by Sonari Glinton. And he goes on a road trip of a lifetime to find out why Ford killed the Bronco and what led to it coming back. So uh, we got a sneak peek. Tune in. We'll tell you all about it. Search for Bring Back Bring Back Bronco anywhere you listen to podcasts. We'll include a link on the show notes as well. And uh, thanks for these guys for the support. But hang tight. We're going to play it right now. Here's a little teaser. Bronco really touched a moment in American history where people didn't know they wanted it, but once they saw it, they were like, ooh, that's what I need. The rise, fall, and rebirth of the Ford Bronco is a metaphor for the last 50 years in America. It was born into a world of tie-dye shirts and peace signs. You know, the emergence of the Bronco really lines up with a whole new era of America. You've got the baby boomer generation 
coming into their own. Got the women's liberation movement. You've got the civil rights movement. All of these things are sort of happening in the 1960s. It came of age in the 1970s. It was revered for being unapologetically big and boisterous. And it survived a horrific midlife crisis in the 90s. We're seeing live pictures right now. The football hero believed to be a passenger in that Ford Bronco. And then suddenly, it disappeared. It was something that we never got answers to, and and to this day, I still don't know whatever happened. But the Bronco didn't die. It just went underground. Well, the first rule of Bronco Underground is you don't talk about Bronco Underground. Now, that's where our ragtag team of heroes did everything imaginable to bring back Bronco. When you're trying to change the direction of the battleship, that's really freaking difficult to do. Poor people like, hey, bring back the Bronco to be a home run. This is not my first rodeo. It's not that simple. Join us on this wild ride, an eight-part serial uncovering 50 years of blood, sweat, and dirt. This is Bring Back Bronco, the untold story. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. You'll be the first to know when a new episode drops. <laughs>